welcome back to 512 FM. My name is Clarissa Nicole. I am your host, per usual. And this podcast is really not about anything and about everything all at the same time. If you like to go down rabbit holes or you're huge on the Wikipedia pages, just clicking links to find out more about something, this podcast is for you. So anyway, I hope that you guys are having a great week. My apologies for not getting this out sooner. I thought I was on fall break this week. We don't have a fall break this semester or I completely missed it because I take online classes. So school is kicking my butt. Work is kicking my butt. My iron levels are kicking my butt. You know, I'm just overall very tired and exhausted, but that's okay. It's fine. We're all tired and exhausted, so I won't keep complaining about that. Uh, Let's see, what do we have in the news in terms of pop culture and other? Well, last week I talked about Sister Wives and I totally forgot to talk about Mary and how Cody said that Mary should just stay in Utah because Mary is wondering how she's going to run the B&B because if we remember, her mom Bonnie died and Miss Bonnie was the one that would run the B&B when she was back in Flagstaff. So Cody says, you know, I suggested for Mary to just move to Utah. She put this burden at my feet and so I gave her a solution to it. I don't know if the man is dumb or just plain stupid, but the way that he just talks to his wives, it's so gross. It's so gross. And then he continues to wonder why nobody wants to quote unquote obey him, which ew, or respect him. And that's because he doesn't deserve it. So yes, that happened last week and then, or the week before last, whenever you're using this, you're listening to this. And then this week, this past week, Um, Isabel is packing to go to North Carolina and her and Gwendolyn are in the room and they're like putting stuff, going through things before it goes in boxes, et cetera, et cetera. Gwendolyn at this time, I believe is a junior. I think she's now a freshman in college. But that being said, she's talking about how she's going to miss Isabel, which is just a really sweet moment. And then she makes a joke about how she has a crush on a female celebrity and then in her talking head she goes so I'm bisexual I like men women and people across the gender spectrum and I was like oh that's so great that she's just super confident in it it wasn't this big thing that Leo had whenever they came out to their parents as gay where it was like this big news and then they revealed it but Speaking of that moment, Christine said when Leo came out and said that they were gay, Christine goes, oh, so was Gwendolyn. So she knew about her own daughter and it's just been a beautiful thing of acceptance, which I love to see because it brings tears to my eyes and it warms my little black heart to see the acceptance. Then within the episode, truly finds out that they're moving and that her pa- that Cody and Christine are divorcing or already divorced. She was supposed to be in her room, or at least to Christine's knowledge, she was in her room. And when Christine was talking to McKelty on the phone, she said something along the lines of, I can't wait to move 
to Utah and truly gasped. And it shocked Christine because she didn't know that she was behind her. And so they had to sit down and have a conversation that it's just truly and Christine moving to flag, I mean, moving to Utah. And that instead of saying that Cody and Christine are divorced or are getting a divorce, Christine said, we're already divorced. And of course, it's hard for her to hear that just because she's young and it takes a lot for her to process. I think at this time she's 11. So she's she's in that, which I can't believe she's 11. I remember when she was born, but I sound old. I remember when you were just yay high, but she was really teeny tiny and now she's an 11 year old. But according to social media, they're thriving. There's so much love that she gets from her older siblings. Uh, and speaking of which, it's very interesting to see the reaction from the older siblings about Christine and Cody splitting because they're all like, yeah, we knew it was coming. Christine isn't happy. Like Cody doesn't treat her right. And it's really unfortunate to see the attitude that the kids have with their dad because they're all like, I love him because he's my dad, but you know, I don't have any big love for him. In fact, Isabel said that when she's away at college, she's going to miss her mom a whole lot, but she's kind of like, eh, when it comes to her dad, which I'm like, girl, I totally get it. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Your feelings are valid. Okay. Also, Cody is just a jerk who would miss him. So anyway, that's that on sister wives. I know that next week, Gabe and Cody are supposed to like get into it. And when Gabe talks about his strained relationship with his dad, it's so sad and so heartbreaking because he gets emotional about it. And you can tell he's trying to keep it in and, and not be super expressive with his with his emotions. But <sighs> poor baby, I feel bad. No child. It's like, 56% of your kids don't like you, Cody. And you're saying everybody else is the problem or Christine is the problem or Janelle is the problem. But it's like, you gotta you gotta make that change. You gotta look at the man in the mirror. Also, next week, Cody is officiating a wedding in Texas, which by the way, they show, I saw a sneak peek of the episode. There's no mask. Nobody is social distancing. But that was his whole reason why he couldn't go to Isabel's surgery, mind you, for her back because she has or had severe scoliosis. It's why she can't, it's why he can't ride with her or at least fly to North Carolina and meet them there to help her get settled in to, you know, Maddie's house. And then you're able to see your other children and your grandchildren. But you can fly to Texas to officiate a wedding because of a friend. Like, Cody is the worst. I would rather eat a basket full of yeast rolls from Chicken Express knowing the aftermath of what happens after I do that than have him as a father. And the aftermath, y'all, is pretty bad because me and gluten, we don't get along. Anyway... So that's that. I think we did the last recap of Southern Charm. Yeah, I think we did. So we'll move along from there. Even though BravoCon was this past weekend and I'm watching and listening to my favorite broadcasters, broadcasters, podcasters 
uh, who went to BravoCon and their recap of it. It just seems like it was, it still needs a little bit more organization, but I do love that idea of like when I would go to Alt Summit and you would connect with so many people and you make friends and you say hi to the people that you've been following on Instagram and stuff. So it seems like for the most part, it was pretty good vibes. Nothing big came out of it. So I'm not going to spend any more time on it. We talked about Lisa Renna getting booed. It's what she deserves. Kathy got her conga line. I don't think anything else like groundbreaking happened. Oh, yes, there is. So the Real Housewives of New York is getting a huge shakeup. Like it's, it looks like if I'm looking at the cast that it is, it's getting like a whole new direction and it's not going to be in the direction that it was with like Luann and Ramona, Jill and Bethany, et cetera, et cetera. But I know that like Luann and and Ramona, I think Ramona and Sonia and a couple of other people that will be on Real Housewives of New York Legacy. So they have their show. It's just going to be branded as Legacy. And then there's a whole new cast. It's more diverse. Jenna Lyons is on it. If you don't know who Jenna is, completely fine. Think of J. Crew now. She was a big reason or she's a big reason why J. Crew is designed and marketed and advertised the way that it is. She had a huge hand in it. Um, she has a really cool show on HBO Max that's worth checking out, but she's on it. And then there's a couple of, there's a few more other people on it. One's an influencer, the other's like an, uh, a model, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that comes out of this is not so much that there's this huge shakeup. It is the anti-Semitism. Listen, you don't have to like what's happening or how your favorite show is shaking up the cast. That's fine. It's your prerogative. But like the fact that people default to anti-Semitism is the most insane thing to me, but it's not something that surprises me, unfortunately. And as I talked about in my last episode with Kanye, and then you're hearing stuff about this, this is why I say that words are dangerous and people who have a huge following need to be held accountable when they say something so dangerous that is racist or any kind of bigoted thought because that trickles down and then it makes it okay. And we see what happened with that one president that y'all had in 2016 because I was presidentless. You know, like his actions were okay and it was cemented to be okay when he got voted in to be president and then everybody else copied his talking points and it's just all of it in general is disgusting. So I'm going to say this for the umpteenth time. You don't have to like something. If you don't like the new cast or the new shakeup of the Real Housewives of New York cast, that's cool. You're entitled to not like it. But being anti-Semitic is not it. It's just, it's not it. And don't tweet, especially don't tweet it to Andy who is Jewish. Like y'all, y'all are, y'all are driving me nuts. Sometimes I wish the internet wasn't free. I really do. I wish that Twitter wasn't free. I wish you had to pay for it. You had to go through some kind of psychological testing for it because a lot of y'all are just out of this world ridiculous. I'm going to kind of wrap up this corner. I want to keep talking about the women, the people in Iran. There are 221 deaths 
in the protest in Iran that are protesting the morality police, which is part of the Islamic State. They're hiding the Islamic State behind the religion of Islam, but I'm going to reiterate again that it is not. They are taking the most conservative viewpoints and they are trying to enforce it as law, which sounds very similar to what the American politicians do with Christianity. So there was a climber who was in Seoul, South Korea, doing a competition and she did it without wearing a hijab. And that in and of itself is an act of protest. However, it is also very dangerous as she's come back home because at the airport, this young lady was being greeted. And as I say, this young lady, I'm trying to figure out what her name is. So bear with me here. She was greeted back at the airport in Toronto run however you know everybody's saying oh she's safe now she was celebrated things are changing quickly but it's just that everybody's paying attention to her right and i saw something from nicolette mason that she retweeted and basically saying that same thing that it's not so much that she's safe now that she's at home she's being watched like a hawk and it's all again a very scary situation her name is elon's rakabi i'm pretty sure i said that wrong and i'm so sorry it's probably a lot prettier than the way that i said it it also says in the guardian that she dropped her headscarf by mistake in an instagram post whatever it is I think that she shouldn't have to justify this. She should wear her hijab if she wants to. It shouldn't be forced to. She shouldn't have to make an Instagram post or her friend shouldn't have to make an Instagram post. And also says in The Guardian that the friends of El Nas Rakabi have been unable to contact the athlete since Sunday, while the embassy says she returned home the rest uh, with the rest of the team. So I don't know if she's been sitting out and about. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I do worry for her and her safety. Of course, I just want to make sure that everybody is safe. And I want us to keep watching and not ignore them just because they're not at the top of our news ticker. So that's it for the pop culture, small news side of things. One more thing. Brittany Grinner had a birthday October 18th, 32 years old. She should be celebrating at home with her wife, her friends, and her family. But instead, she's still in prison in Russia. I need President Biden and everyone in charge to bring her home. She's been unjustly kept there for way too long. I personally am worried about her mental state. I am worried about her safety. We know that the Kremlin do not care about black people and they especially are not gonna care about famous black people. She is 6'9". The cell that she's in is probably for someone no taller than six feet. So she barely has any space. It's like 23 to or 24 hour confinement and you know, bring her in her home. It's time. All right, we'll be back after this break. Okay editor's note here it is 2 17 a.m on october 25th and i am almost finished editing this podcast and listen i was not going to talk about this because i am so sick and tired of giving this man attention but i was listening to hood politics last night and then i've just been very heavy on the brain about this latest stuff that's happening with the rise of anti-semitism the continuous rise of anti-semitism and Kanye and this shit is driving me nuts so I just want to express it and get it all out 
at two o'clock in the morning while my cute bun stares at me like I'm nuts. Um, so kind of the follow-up of the episode about being quiet and silence is golden. Um, there are a couple of things that I realized for me personally. I'm not coming out saying that I used to be anti-Semitic, but I realized that I didn't even know why anti-Semitism existed. And it was interesting because I was just like, why do people hate the Jews? Like I, I never got it and I never, I never understood it. I knew it was bad and that's kind of where my talking point came from, but I never understood why it existed. And so I remember talking, uh, no, I wasn't talking with anyone. So I remember Googling and I went on different websites and organizations and I'm trying to be careful with that because I don't want to click on the wrong organization or the wrong website and it just messes up my search and then it's like a white supremacist site because that's not where we're trying to go. And it says that white supremacy, not white supremacy, though maybe, but it said that anti-Semitism started with Christianity. And I just threw up my hands and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And as a former practicing Christian, it just pisses me off because there's no good thing that started anything you know what I mean it's like it's not that like Christianity started the civil rights movement it's like Christianity is why the KKK exists and anti-semitism exists and I I I I don't say I understand and that I understand where they're coming from that's not it at all I don't what I'm saying is is this idea that because the Jews killed Jesus and then Martin Luther with the tablets and things I don't know all that to say is that it's highly disgusting how much people are co-opting anti-semitism and I do understand that bipolar and other mental disorders can mess up your brain I am still on the side of I just don't think we need to be blaming the bipolar for this because Yes, it bipolar is chemical changing in your brain. It doesn't have like a, any kind of control. But I think tossing it away and saying, oh, it's just mental illness or he's just trolling doesn't allow us to pay attention to the intensity that is anti-Semitism. And there are people on the 405 in Los Angeles. Again, this was on the 23rd, so it was on Sunday. And they had signs on the overpassing that Kanye was right. And it's just like, I wish people understood how much words have power. And it's not cute or funny. Listen, nobody's music is that good. Nobody's art is that good that we can excuse this. Now, he's been dropped. He being Kanye has been dropped from... CAA, which is a huge, you know, talent agency in, in uh, Hollywood. I know that him and his collaboration with Balenciaga is no longer. And we're still waiting on Adidas to figure their shit out. And at this point, it's all going to be for show. Because you're more worried about your dollars than you are about getting rid of the person making anti-Semitic racist remarks. He also said something about George Floyd, which has been a just weird talking point for conservatives, from conservatives, saying that George Floyd didn't die because of his, you know, having his neck stepped on. He died because of a fentanyl overdose. And I'm like, not true. Disputed in court. It shows how he died. But 
I don't know why he feels the need to be this mouthpiece for all these crazy butt people. Also, as a shock to no one, Candace Owens was using Kanye as a talking piece so that Kanye could buy her husband's failing right-wing social media app. It's just all really disgusting. And I think all of this just shows how complex human life is. I am not giving this man any kind of sympathy. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, is that you see the right taking advantage of somebody who is clearly mentally spiraling and then using him as like this perfect good old black boy, which I'll do a whole thing about quote unquote Uncle Tom and black conservatives and all that stuff later because I find it super interesting, which just might mean I have to read something by Candace Carpet Edges Owens shit. Anyway, you see the conservatives and the evangelicals using Kanye as a prop and Kanye at the same time is getting his ego fed, right? He said today or yesterday in an interview that Adidas won't cut his contract because his collaboration brings in millions or billions of dollars to the company. And that might be true, but the fact that Adidas would choose anti-Semitism over money is just gross. Like, I'm so tired of this corporate greed. Anyway, so, you know, Kanye's mental health, his mania is being used for the sake of right-wing evangelicals. This is allowing then Kanye to continuously spew anti-Semitism and racist rhetoric. And yes, black men can be racist, racist rhetoric. And then it, it just it's getting progressively worse. And then Kim Kardashian comes on because allegedly her birthday was on Friday. That didn't matter. Taylor Swift dropped midnight and it was and it is amazing. Anyway, her birthday was on Friday. And, you know, she posts a tweet saying that she stands with the Jewish people, blah, blah, blah. And then you see her walking out with Ivanka Trump three hours after, you know, after having dinner with each other for three hours. Like all everybody in this whole circle is just garbage. If you're anti-Semitic, you're garbage. If it's hard for you to cut ties off with an anti-Semitic, you're garbage. I just don't understand why it's so hard to be kind and gentle with one another. I don't understand why in the heck people have to have this hate in their heart over nothing. Like, there's really no reason. There's no reason to be Islamophobic. There's no reason to be anti-Semitic. Um... I am working up the courage to do something, to ask somebody to come on the podcast to, you know, help us understand anti-Semitism in a very basic way, <laughs> because I think the there's a lot that's super complex about it, but I don't want to get wrong, um, but we need to have this conversation. I do think we need to have this conversation, and I don't want to mess it up. I do however want to make sure that I'm giving the time and the grace to let people sit in their hurt and their anger and let them feel and then if they need to disassociate from everything then they very much have the right to do so so I don't want the reason why I'm saying I'm getting the courage to do it is because I understand especially when a lot of the police 
crimes happen and they're killing black people. I know how I don't want to continuously say the same talking points and give the same, you know, rhetoric and fight the same battles with the all lives matter people. And so, you know, I want to make sure that when I reach out to these people that I do it with sensitivity and I do it with care and with understanding that they're going to like in my head, I'm like, they're probably going to say no. And that's cool. And that's understood because I want them to be like, I, I would rather them take care of their mental health. Anyway, I'm babbling about this, but I was adding this on because I just felt the need to talk about that. Um, with this podcast and this conclusion, I was going to wait and wait and wait, but I don't think I could wait on this. So we're done with pop culture news and news and news and newsy stuff. All right. Taking a break for real. Hey, just a little heads up before we get started with today's episode. If you are dealing with any kind of body image issues, we will be talking about cosmetic surgery fat phobia, alterations via Facetune and everything else in between. So if you're having a bit of a moment where you're struggling, skip this episode, please. Take care of yourself, give yourself a hug, and then take a nap because naps are good and naps always make us feel better. Love you. Mean it. As cameras flash around them, Kim Kardashian stands next to then-beau Pete Davidson on the red carpet with her arms wrapped around him like a proud trophy piece. Her hair is freshly bleached and toned blonde, currently slicked back into a low bun while she's wearing a vintage Jean-Louis gown with jewelry from Cartier. This gown isn't any vintage gown, though. This gown has a special meaning and treated with such care that Kim couldn't get into the dress until she arrived on the steps of the Metropolitan Museum. As she steps into this dress, people taking care of this precious artifact are wearing white gloves to dress her. Once she got to the top of the steps and went inside, she switched hurriedly and carefully into a replica dress provided by Ripley's, where the current gown she was wearing is currently on display. What makes this dress so special that it's treated like the Hermes robe of Jesus Christ? Because this dress, the one Kim had to handle with the utmost care, is the exact dress that Marilyn Monroe wore to sing happy birthday to then President JFK for his 45th birthday. Now, in most cases, the buzz would be strictly on this dress, how it was carefully made to fit the curve stone by the famously blonde entertainer herself. But in pure fashion, there's more to this story. It isn't uncommon for people to try to conform their body to fit into a garment. For example, I was a senior in high school in 2004, and I went on a stupid strict diet and did two-a-day workouts to get rid of the little fat that hung over the top of my strapless dress. You also hear celebrities talk about this all the time, how they gain a lot of weight for one role or lost a huge amount of weight for another role. And Kimberly isn't the exception. 
looking at a photo of her and Marilyn Monroe, one can see that their measurements are probably not identical. However, due to the nature of this dress, Kim was not allowed to have a single stitch altered, so she had to alter herself to the dress. Now, why couldn't she just wear the replica that she changed into later? Well, if we know anything about the Kardashians, we know that they like to make headlines, and doing something so simple doesn't create a headline. She wore this when she sang happy birthday to President John F. Kennedy in 1962. Um, I had this idea to, to put it on and try it on and then so they came with uh, like armed guards and gloves and I tried it on and it didn't fit me. And so I looked at them and I said, give me like three weeks. And I, I had to lose 16 pounds down today to, to be able to fit this, but I, it was okay. such a challenge. It was like a role. Right. I was You're determined. Yeah, You're I was exactly. determined to well, fit it. you put your mind to something, there's no, you were like eating tomatoes. I don't think like, they believe me. I don't think they believe that I was going to do it. Stay blonde for a while? Okay, so we can have some fun this yeah. summer. Doesn't Pete Pete? Hearing her talk about this caused a lot of outrage across the internet community. Whether or not you want to do a strict diet is up to you, I guess, but sharing that message is pretty dangerous. And there are people who look up to Kim and the rest of her family. So think about it, Kim, what message are you sending? In order to fit into the clothes you want, you need to go on a crash diet and sweat to death? Kim didn't understand the outrage though. She stated in an interview printed in Allure Magazine, quote, I had a nutritionist, I had a trainer. I've never drunk more water in my life. I don't see the criticism for other people when they lost weight for roles. They are considered geniuses for their craft. There are so many things out there that are so not accurate and not true. Kim, you were trying to fit into a dress. You weren't trying to hopefully get an Academy Award for fitting into a gown at the Met Gala. Relax. The Kardashians and Jenners, who will be referred to as the Car Jenners throughout this episode, are not without their controversy when it comes to body image. Between plastic surgery rumors and Photoshop fails, the Car Jenners have been criticized for pushing unrealistic body images and goals. But it's so, it's here that I question, are they to blame for the reason why we want to nip this and tuck that and use Facetune to all hell? Or... Are they the victims of the same terrible ecosystem that makes us push for perfection? So before we start all of this, I do want to say there are a hundred million reasons why I am not a fan of this family. On this episode, though, we're going to stick to unrealistic body images and how it's impacted people in today's society. Let's be honest. The Jenner brand is an empire. Kim owns multiple beauty and lifestyle brands. Chloe created a blue jean company called Good American. Kylie has her cosmetic company. Kendall has a modeling career that some question if it would even happen if it wasn't for her name. And Courtney has a lifestyle brand called Poosh, which is like the Gwyneth Paltrow goop brand, but it doesn't have the vagina jade egg or whatever the heck she was going for. Thanks to Mama Chris, the Cardenners are a household name, whether we like it or not. 
I like to akin the Car Jenners as those political text messages we started getting in 2018. You know, when America started to become really at the brinking point of imploding, but like they kept sending you messages about, please vote for this person over and over again. Like, little volunteer, I understand you're trying to do your job, you're trying to save democracy, but enough, no more text messages. Or, like, when you two force their album onto our iPods and our, like, iTunes accounts without our permission, and we, like, tried to delete it, and we couldn't delete it, and we were just really frustrated, that's exactly how I feel about this family. Honest to goodness, everything that I know about the Car Jenners is against my will. But here we are. A few weeks later, after the Met Gala, BuzzFeed News posted an article titled, Kendall and Kylie Jenner expressed their concern over Khloe Kardashian's extreme weight loss and her reaction was heartbreaking. Now, Khloe Kardashian, who was famously cheated on by her basketball player boyfriend, Tristan Thompson, found out that he, in fact, did not change his ways and had a baby on the way by another another woman while they were waiting for the surrogate to deliver their child, mind you. And then I hear that they were privately engaged. Anyway, she gloated about her stress weight worrying Kendall. On the Hulu series, The Kardashians, Kim revealed that their younger sisters, Kendall and Kylie Jenner, had expressed concern for Chloe's extreme weight loss amid all of the drama. Kim said, you look very skinny. I will say that Kendall and Kylie, not that I'm trying to out them, but they did text me and say that they were really concerned for you because you're really skinny. I said, I think she's just a bit stressed. Now, more from the article. As the camera cut to Chloe, she appeared to be elated by the comment as a huge smile crept across her face, and she held a hand to her chest in disbelief. And Kendall said it? She grinned as, as she asked him. The model? Ignoring the concern from which these comments were made, Chloe let out an excited gasp and playfully posed with her leg in the air while smiling to herself. Now, later on in the episode, this article says, Chloe visited Kendall at her home, and as they hugged and said hello, Kendall exclaimed, you're so skinny, to which Chloe replied, oh my gosh, you're skinny, and then Kendall then repeated, you're so skinny. I feel like that's how they talk. Anyway, I empathize with Chloe. For me, having PCOS and hypothyroidism makes it a bitch to lose weight and easy to gain. Like I can look at pizza on TV and gain 10 pounds. And in fact, I just gained five pounds saying that. <sighs> the desire to want to lose weight is honestly between you and you. We live in a fat phobic society. And while things are changing at the slowest of sloth rates, views are altering, but not enough for some. And Considering Chloe, I do really understand where she's coming from, jokes aside. Chloe, who is the tallest of her sisters at 5'9", was always teased about her size and how she wasn't as beautiful as Kim or Courtney. I can't imagine being a public figure with people being cruel towards you. Looking at photos of her, she's not fat in the slightest. She's tall and she's healthy looking. You can see that her face is very full and she has high cheekbones that are honestly similar to mine. And maybe that's why a long time ago, I liked her the most. If I had to have a favorite sister, I related to her the most. 
Over the years, we've seen Chloe change her physical appearance, and along with that came weight loss. In that, weight loss became part of her brand. First, she had a show called Revenge Body, where contestants lost weight, and then they got a makeover, and then showed the person that hurt them how they look now as a way to, I guess, stick it to them. I guess it's like, hey, I lost 50 pounds, even though you did this really traumatizing thing to me. Look how skinny I am with all of my trauma. I I don't know. She also has a book published called Strong Looks Better Naked. To me, the strong means skinny looks better naked, but whatever. Do you remember in 2021 that the viral photo of Chloe that went around the internet It was unedited, and it showed her with cellulite, some normal, regular dark circles under the eyes like we all have, stretch marks. Unfortunately, once Chloe got word about this photo, she had it pulled off the internet and then threatened legal action on anyone who would publish it. To this day, I cannot find that photo. And if anyone can find that photo, that would be great. Thanks. The Carjenner brand is all about smoke and mirrors at the end of the day. They are the reason, my belief, that Facetune, which is a photo editing app that completely alters your face and body to unrealistic proportions, is one of the most downloaded photo apps with over 60 million users since 2013. I've downloaded it a couple of times and it really triggered my body dysmorphia and I was like, nope, mm-mm, nope, gotta delete, drag to trash, never again. I would assume that having a beauty brand has a lot of ups and downs. One, you get a chance to create something that you feel is missing from a market, even if it is saturated. On the other hand, you have to keep appearances to keep your brand relevant. When the Cargeners entered our screens, it was off the hills of Kim's sex tape with Ray J. I don't fault her for this. A private moment should never be leaked to the public. And I kind of understand why she went into doing all of this head first as a way to kind of get in front of it, if you will. They did build their brand out of sharing their lives with us, open book style. Over the years, we've seen marriages of the family, we've seen divorces, births, and we even saw Caitlyn Jenner transition. But as their fame grew, so did their transitions, and we all saw it on television. We saw their waists get smaller and their butts get larger. We saw this obsession of not eating anything that had a single carb in it. Courtney became super obsessed with organic this and that. She basically made gluten certified the devil. And then there's even an episode of Kim getting a vampire facial, which is where they take the blood off out of your skin and then they put it on your skin and then it goes back into your skin. It's also during this time that people were noticing other things that became problematic. Now, I can't say for a fact that it was intentional, but it seemed intentional to me. Their tans were darker, and their lips were definitely fuller. The term for this is called blackfishing, and it was coined by a journalist named Juana Thompson. She noticed that white celebrities were quote-unquote cosplaying as black women, Other celebrities that have been accused of this is Iggy Azalea and Ariana Grande. Instead of appreciating black culture from the sidelines, 
there's this need to own it, to participate in it without wanting the full experience of blackness and the systemic discrimination that comes with it, Thompson said to CNN. Leslie Bowe, who's a professor of Asian studies at the University of Wisconsin, describes black fishing as a racial masquerade that operates as a form of racial fetishism. Before we continue, I do want to talk about the Kardashians' ethnicity because I feel like it has been the kind of counter-argument of the black fishing accusations. The Kardashians are Armenian. Armenia, if you look on the map, sits somewhere between where the Middle East is and then the Caucasus Mountains. That's where you get the term Caucasian from. In terms of race, remember, or if you don't know, Race is a social construct. A long time ago, America would categorize white people and did not include Italians or Irish people. And then over time, they include them. And now they also include people from North Africa. If you kind of think about it, you can kind of put people in different racial categories if you want to, to, I guess, try to prove a point. However... Armenian is an ethnicity group. It is not a race. The Kardashians are white. They're not Middle Eastern. I know that the Kardashian last name can kind of give that away, but they're not Middle Eastern. They are white. Robert Kardashian, their dad, may he rest, is about half Armenian, and then Chris is of Welsh descent. So, white. <laughs> okay. It's also to note that there are other people who write about this and there is kind of this confusion of like, do I call myself a person of color? Do I not? Because there are Armenians of different skin tones across the board. But the Kardashians are white passing and they have never, at least to my knowledge anyway, had to think about race until George Floyd. And I'm quoting Kim on that. So I know a lot of people want to say, but they're mixed or they're ethnic. Their ethnicity is Armenian and that's real, but on the census, they're white. So just keep that in mind. Remember when Kim wore cornrows and she called them boxer braids? She really thought she did something. Now between co-opting hairstyles that are usually done by black people and wearing these really extreme eccentric nails that are usually worn by people in the black community and the Latino community, and then overlining their lips to appear fuller and then claim that it's just what happened in nature. We've seen different ways of them taking features of black women and try to apply it to themselves. It's a problem to me just because I personally don't like it. But in general, the bigger issue is that the fashion industry has constantly said that the styles of black and Latino women and they're condemned publicly. But then a designer will go and see an idea on the street or on television and then they'll put it on the runway, generally on a white model, and then they'll call it fashion. And then white women start adopting it and then it becomes a trend and it's in vogue and it's in glamour. And then when black or indigenous or other women of color continue wearing the styles that they've been wearing, it's all of a sudden like they're copying the Cargenners. Like, no, sorry, it was ours first. We did this first. I talked about lips earlier and I wanna talk about Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner built her fortune 
basically out of taking advantage of a lot of y'all. She has Juvederm swimming in her lips, but she created this lip kit, which sold out in minutes. Kylie has denied she had anything put in her lip. She even told an interviewer in Paper Magazine that she did not have lip fillers because it scared her. Her lip kit, which consists of basically just a lip liner and a lipstick, gives you a matte finish once you apply it. And it's really cute. For the people who don't have full lips, just Google Kylie lip kit for people who don't have full lips and you'll kind of get a laugh. You're not laughing at them because they're laughing at themselves, so you're laughing with them. We all know that she doesn't have full lips, and honestly, that's okay. But it was really weird because we saw this change from her when she was 17 and then 18, 19. She just has hip hips and she has this tiny waist and it's basically like a Kim copycat. And we're supposed to believe she had no surgery at all. And listen, I understand your body changes from when you were a young teen to when you're about to become you know, an adult and your body gets ready to bear children. It's what happens with people who have XX chromosomes. I get it. But this is not nature and this was not biology. Another big thing about them is that they deny all of this. We see the changes that are happening. They think that their audience is stupid and that it's just nature or that it's just working out. And they're like, no, no, not at all. We take care of ourselves. During the Keeping Up with the Kardashians reunion, Andy Cohen talks to them about promoting unrealistic body image and expectations. Do you think that you are promoting unattainable standards of beauty in any way? No, I don't. Because I think we get up, we do the work, we work out, you know. We all really enjoy taking care of ourselves and being healthy. So I think if anything, the only thing we're really trying to represent is just having the most healthy, like being the most healthy version of yourself. Everyone says, oh my gosh, she's had her third face transplant, but I've had one nose job, Dr. Raj Kanodia, and everyone gets so upset, like, why don't I talk about it? No one's ever asked me. You're the first person in an interview that's ever asked me about my nose. I've done sure injections not really botox i've responded horribly to botox now earlier i mentioned the thin waist the big hips the big bum have you heard the term slim thick if you're not a gen zer and you're not on the TikTok, i'm about to explain it a little bit more so slim thick is the idea when a person who mainly are self-identifying women have a flat stomach a small waist thick thighs and a huge butt When comparing photos of the Cargeners before they quote-unquote blew up, they were shapely women that looked like the rest of society. And at the time when we were seeing them, we saw them looking very different than the super slim people that were already popular during the day, like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. You remember that time when those low-rise hip huggers showed that one bone? Yeah, during those days. But as time grew, the obsession with enhancing these body types became noticeable to all of us, and we really couldn't stop watching. I'm quoting from a Huffington Post article called, Young women are tired of keeping up with the Kardashians' body image ideals. 
where the tagline for this article is, people who've gotten BBLs and lip injections say they wish the sisters would just be more upfront with their procedures. This article takes a study by York University in Toronto, Canada, talking about the physical appearance of perfectionism and social comparison to thin, slim, thick, and fit ideals. Sarah E. McComb and Jennifer S. Mills examined the impact of how we look at these body types. So there was a group overall of 402 female undergraduate students. They were split into two different groups. And the groups that were shown the slim, thick imagery had less satisfaction and hated their body more than those that were shown other ideas. And they found out at the end of this study that the slim, thick body was more detrimental to women's body image than the whole thin ideal imagery. Wafa K. Newman, who is a 22-year-old Afghan woman who lives in the Bay Area in California, says it burns her soul to hear the Kardashians claim that they haven't had any kind of work done. She says, quote, We have these white women go from skinny, normal-looking body types to a complete 180 change. From face to body, these women lack the accountability that comes in the public eye. We aren't stupid, she continued. I'd respect them more if they came out openly to say exactly what they got done. And yes, they do owe it to us. They've pushed these body types on us. Next in the article, there's a story about Lucero. She's a 25-year-old woman who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And she says that seeing beautiful models with a thin waist and no stretch marks and a bubble butt on her Instagram feed negatively impacted her as a preteen and a teen. She says, I think growing up hearing boys my age constantly talk and obsess over the Kardashians and their bodies did affect the way I viewed myself and my body type. In a way, the Kardashians have set the bar high to the point where a regular man wants his partner to have this perfect figure, no stretch marks, and a flawless face simply because they like these women. Now, the article goes on to say that she might call what she felt body dysmorphia, which is a mental health disorder in which you dwell on one or more perceived flaws in your appearance, even when there's no flaw to speak of. But back then, she probably didn't have the language to think about it. She says, I tell myself when I got older and had enough money, I'd get a BBL. A BBL, the shorthand for Brazilian butt lift, is a procedure where excess fat is removed from one area of the body and injected into the buttocks. In spite of their many plastic surgery denials, the article says, some of the Jenners, namely Chloe, Kylie, and Kim, have been subject to BBL rumors. Apparently now there's uh, evidence online that may suggest that they reversed the work. So who knows? And as I look at this young lady, Lucero, and then I'm looking at a photo of Chloe and Kim, I'm not saying this to be rude because I think you should be able to get any kind of plastic surgery that you want. But it is so obvious that Kim and Chloe got the surgery done. I understand that you could do squats, but the hips and the thighs don't support the butt. And I don't know if that makes any sense. Like for me, I think I have a bum. I have a bigger bum. 
but I also have thick thighs, so it all kind of goes together. I don't have tiny legs and then just like boom hips. And that's not an unnatural body type, don't get me wrong. But you can tell when it's more natural to people and when it's surgically enhanced, in my opinion. And Lucera, who openly talked about her getting a BBL, has the same kind of shape as Kim and Chloe. So when Lucero turned 24 last year, she finally got her BBL at a cosmetic surgery clinic in Miami. I wanted more hips, she says, a bigger butt and no more rolls. Lucero said the surgery itself cost $6,500, but the price was closer to $9,000 when you factor in the transportation supplies and massages. Because she was far from home, she had to go to a post-op recovery home in Miami, and that ran her $1,500. Lucero does admit that plastic surgery can be addictive. Like anything else, it gets addicting because even after only one procedure, you're not completely where you want to be physically. You start to notice things you're not happy with. And then she said that she eventually booked a breast augmentation and dimpleplasty, which is getting permanent dimples in your face for later on in 2022. She doesn't have any kind of regrets, though, for this procedure. And I'm glad because that's a lot of money to have regrets for. Honestly, this just sounds exhausting (laughs) to try to keep up with the Kar Jenner body. Trans women have a really hard time trying to fit the ideal role of femininity. They want to try to get away from what they consider masculine features and what society calls masculine features. There's this idea that they have to do everything that they can in their power to look the part of a woman because that's how they identify. Brandy Nitty is a 28-year-old trans social media influencer from New York, and she admits that the Kardashian aesthetic ideal played a part in how she wanted to look when she transitioned. She didn't bring in a photo of one of the sisters into the surgeon's office or anything, but it seems as though a lot of the surgery that she did have, she might as well have. There's also this thing, too, on Instagram where a lot of influencers, including the Kardashians, have like this poreless dewy skin and high cheekbones and they have the upturned eyes if you think about the kind of cat eyes that Bella Hadid has and then they have the cartoonish lashes and they contour their nose to like so teeny tiny and they call that the Instagram face. She says, I have had a lot of body image issues being a transgender woman in a social media career. Transgender women are pressured by society to fix everything that may be considered masculine, when in reality, there are plenty of cisgender women who have very similar features to our original features. And there's another picture of this young lady, and she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. I don't think she looks like Kim, but that's not the point. To me, I look at her and I'm like, she's a beautiful woman. Nitty had breast augmentation in 2018. Now, the article says that she obviously had her surgery and it was akin to more of her gender dysmorphia or dysphoria than trying to look like a reality star. And I'm going to push back on that because not every trans person has gender dysphoria. And just because you have gender dysphoria, of course, doesn't mean you're a trans person. Or if you are a trans person with gender dysphoria, it doesn't mean that you're going to get plastic surgery done. So if anyone from Huffington Post comes across this, I would challenge you to kind of reword that sentence. 
Still now, I have noticed that I want them bigger, and that has definitely been created by this unrealistic beauty standard that social media and influencers like them have set. Part of the Cargenner fortune has been promoting and producing products that basically tell women that they need to change their bodies. First, of course, there's the waist trainers, and then there's the appetite suppressant lollipops, and the fit teas, and then the flat tummy shakes, both of which are just laxatives. Diet pills, the lip plumping gloss, and then spanks for pregnant ladies. Dana, who is close in age to Kylie Jenner, tried to overline her lips with makeup just like Kylie said she did. Dana says, I was scooped up in the King Kylie era and it went straight over my head that her lips weren't natural. What can I say? Dana even tried the Kylie Lip Challenge, which is a short-lived 2015 internet trend where young teens and tweens would place their lips into a shot glass to create a suction that would swell up their lips to approximate Kylie's lips. That's dangerous, just a little bit. At age 21, Dana realized that Juvederm and Restylane lip fillers existed, and instead of continuing to facetune her lips, she decided to go to a med spa to get the procedure done. She says, Then this newfound insecurity took over. Heading into my 20s, I had the same body type as a younger Kylie, but I waited and waited, but my hips never developed like hers. If you believe that the Kardashians did not get plastic surgery, you would believe that they're just genetically blessed like that. As a fan of the Car Jenners, though, Dana feels conflicted about the need to be transparent about their cosmetic surgery. She says, I do believe these things are private, and I don't think we're entitled to the invasive detailing of anyone's surgeries or procedures. She then goes on to say, though, I do think that saying you haven't had anything done when you have to sell products is ethically wrong. There is no way of me knowing if they have had any procedures, but it's such a slap in the face hearing all the dieting and work they do to look slim thick amongst BBL rumors. Is this not just a repeat of the 2000s diet culture? While the slim thick ideal ushered in by the Cargenners and their Instagram has been idolized for at least a decade, there's been plenty of trend pieces lately suggesting that skinny might come back in fashion which we all love. Y2K fashion trends are coming back, and so is their inherent fat phobia, said in, in the No article. Being thick is out and skinny is back in, says another YouTube video. It sure seems like the Kardashians are trying to keep up. As mentioned earlier, fans are already speculating that they've foregone their alleged BBLs. While it's interesting to see that the Cargenners have made such a fuss over every little part of their body, a good thing is that a lot of people actually feel better about theirs. Amber, who's a 24-year-old from Georgia, says, I'm healthy but a little overweight, and honestly, the Kardashian Jenners have made me feel better about my body. If the KJs, with all their money, time, and resources, aren't pleased with how they look, it shows that everyone has insecurities. Sinna, who's a 23-year-old from Germany, also feels sympathy, but only to a point. I understand the pressure they're under. They, too, are victims of the fake body images they created with surgeries, filters, and Photoshop, she said. Still, by denying it and create this unattainable beauty standard only make more young girls and women more insecure.
a very interesting thing that I've realized when going through all of this and unfortunately seeing the Kardashians pop up here and there and seeing Kim's bare ass everywhere is that this need and this strive for perfection to look like what you've edited yourself to look like on Instagram to be in real life, that's exhausting. I think one thing that I love about what's happening now is that people are more authentic. I'm loving the honesty that I see from a lot of people who are saying, look, we all have textured skin. It's okay. We all talk about our cellulite and our stretch marks. And whether it's because you've had a baby or hell, because your skin stretches and it comes back like it's supposed to, that's fine. We're all normal. It's all healthy. And this strive to try to look like something that you see in a cartoon or in a movie or that you've created for yourself on Instagram really is just a waste of time and a waste of money. We could be spending that time traveling or reading a book and picking up new hobbies. We can be learning about our fellow person and trying to stop anti-Semitism and rallying for the voices in Iran who are being shut out right now. There's so many things that we can do. And I don't have an issue with plastic surgery. I honestly have said time and time again that I cannot wait to get my 11s taken care of. The 11s are your lines, those frown lines that are in between your eyebrows. I have them. It is what it is. I'm getting older. I'm almost 37, which is so crazy to say. But at the same time, I don't want to nip and tuck so many things about my body and about myself that I'm not recognizable in pictures. I'm not saying any of this because I think I am more secure in myself than the Carjenners. I'm absolutely not. But I will say that looking at the Carjenners, like it has to be miserable to be like, I need a big butt. Now I need to take my butt out. Oh, I got to go on this crash diet, which I've done plenty of times. So I guess I wonder, is all of this the Carjenner's fault? Or are they just part of an ecosystem that pushes us to be perfect? Because I really don't know. I don't know who to blame in this. I will say that this new wave is definitely started by the Carjenners, and we've seen it trickle down into Bravo celebrities. Sometimes I scroll Instagram and I see the same people, but they're not the same people. They're different accounts. They all have the same look and the same pouted lips or over overline lips. They have the same type of extensions and eyelashes. And I do believe that you should do whatever you want to, to make yourself feel beautiful. I think that trends are okay to embrace. But I wonder how much of this is we're trying to embrace a trend and how much we're trying to strive for perfection. If you'd like to keep talking about this, please feel free to hit me up in the DMs. I love chatting with you guys. I love having a conversation with you all. That's why I do this podcast. If you would like, follow me on all of the podcasts, on all of the podcasts. I need to go to bed, (laughs) y'all. If you'd like, follow me on all of the social medias. That's the word five, the number 12, and then studio. You can follow this podcast at 512FM. That's the word five, the number 12, and then FM. It only has an Instagram account. I'm not creating Twitter and Facebook for this. It's too much. It's too much. This is an independent production, okay? This is a super independent production. Like, it really is just me, myself, and I. That's all I got in the end. All right, Miss Marilyn, take us home. Love you, mean it. Problems by the time we you so much. Everybody.